Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. All right, what's up everybody? This is Andy Arnott and Amy, Amy Wees. <laughs> I missed your cues. <laughs> I missed my cue. And this is the Seller Roundtable number 10 and we are uh, honored and uh, excited to have Kevin King with us. Uh, Kevin, if you haven't heard of him before, which would be uh, surprising if you're in the Amazon space, is a uh, seven-figure Amazon seller, and uh, a, uh, he's got some training, and he's got all kinds of stuff going on. He's he's uh, he's he's like me. He's probably got like twenty irons in the fire at at a time. Um, so, welcome, Kevin. Thanks for uh, jumping on with us today. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Cool. All right. So, um, yeah, so let's, uh, let, let's get this, get this started. So, um, tell us, you know, a little bit more about you, like where you're born, uh, where you live now, uh, you know, maybe like some, some, something funny in the past, uh, you know, growing up, uh, you know, jobs, college, just kind of a, a general background on, on you. Oh man. How much time we have. All right. I, you, you like talking about yourself too? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, I've been. Uh, I live in Austin, Texas, uh, just up the road from uh, Amy. Actually, we we're just talking about that just a, a few minutes ago. I've been here like thirty years. Uh, I've been. Uh, uh, I haven't worked for anybody. Uh, last time I think. Uh, what do they call those things? W twos or something like that. Last time I, I filled out one of those was about thirty some odd years ago. Um, so I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, from the age of two on up. You know, when I was a little kid, I was selling uh, empty oatmeal containers as drums to the local neighborhood kids because uh, you could turn an empty Quaker oats, oatmeal container over and you, if you beat it, it sounded like a drum. Um, so I, I was selling those for like a dime a piece or something. I'd go to the, the, the store with my mom when I was like three and buy back then you had the penny bubble gum and I would sell it for three cents uh, all the way up until, you know, in, in high school, I was, I was uh, into music. So I was... I was uh, looking at the Casey Kasem Top 40. Uh, some of these people in here would know who that is. Some, uh, yeah. some of the younger, younger people may not know what that is. Uh, but I would listen to that and make my own Top 40 list and then take it to school, pass it out in the classroom, say, anybody want to buy the album uh, you know, that's in here or the single? This is back in the days of vinyl. Um, I would actually get my mom to take me every Friday uh, to the record store about 20 miles away, and I, I would buy you know, whoever giving me money for – for albums and I'd market them out like a buck or two bucks or something like that. Uh, so I, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time. So I've been selling on Amazon though, since 2001, uh, I started selling on, on a program called advantage, which is similar to vendor, uh, central, uh, where they issue purchase orders. I have a calendar business that's out uh, that I've been doing for, uh, for years. Um, so we wholesale some calendars, uh, to Amazon. Uh, that's a seasonal business. So that's not the main focus of what I do now, but I, I still run that business. It's, it's very lucrative. It's a niche type of calendar business where I, I manufacture in China uh, or actually in Korea to be more specific. We used to do China and bring them in. Then I have a direct mailing list um, where I actually send out stuff by physical mail. Uh, I have about 10,000 customers on that list that every year they get uh, my catalog. It's actually a printed catalog, not an email or a, a web store. And about half of that business is people sending in checks and money orders still. Uh, it still exists. Everybody in this internet age thinks that everything's email, Facebook, internet, and it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, there's still a lot of money out there in traditional marketing. And a lot of these younger people that are, are building their Amazon businesses, they, they think everything's got to go through Facebook or, or all the retargeting has to be Facebook and custom audiences and all that. And there, there's a ton of opportunity out there on the on the more traditional side that they just don't understand. Uh, it doesn't make sense to them, but there's tons of opportunity there. So I've been, I do that. And then in 2000, uh, was it 2015? I think it was, um, I was, uh, I had, I had a couple other companies that were doing well. I traveled the world. Um, I spent about seven years, um, two weeks in the office, two weeks traveling, um, every, every single month that started out as a, a one year deal and turned into seven years. Um, and I'd made a little list, uh, before I wanted to go and I wasn't backpacking, but I wasn't staying in the four seasons or something either. So I went to 92 countries and all seven continents. Um, and I had a company that, uh, I was able to coast, uh, did pretty well. I wasn't retired or anything, but it had done pretty good. Uh, I was able to coast on that for a while until it kind of, uh, just buried itself in the ground. I was like, I gotta do something. What can I do? So I looked into several different things and around that time, uh, amazing.com was, uh, pushing, I think, uh, ASM three or four. 
And so I watched, they had like a four part video series where they're hyping a $5,000 course or whatever the heck, it, whatever it was. So I watched their four videos. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm paying $5,000 for this. This is simple. This is easy. This is right up my alley. I've been uh, doing this kind of thing uh, for a while. It's just, uh, I already sell on Amazon. So I just self-educated myself, joint, listen to, I think back then the only podcasts were like Kevin Reiser and Scott Volker. I think it just started. A uh, few people like that listen to much information. Joined some Facebook groups and launched uh, later that or later that summer. Launched five five different brands uh, on Amazon, uh, private label brands, under five different categories: pets, pet category, uh, beauty, um, uh, sports and outdoors, uh, electronics, and uh, uh, home and kitchen. And so, and just it just took off from there. And then in 2016. Um, I think I was on uh, the AMPM or High Rollers uh, gr Facebook group, Manny Coates' uh, group. It's someone had posted something, and there's just a bunch of misinformation. Some people were saying, oh, this is how something works. And I was like, bullshit, that's not how it works. And people were repeating, you know, regurgitating this information they heard on a podcast or heard somewhere else from some idiot that was just saying stupid stuff. So I stepped in to correct that. And that started a big thread. Manny saw it and he's like, Hey, you should come on the podcast. And I was like, no, no, I'm just selling. I have no interest in being on a podcast or anything like that. So no, you should come on the podcast. And so we recorded a podcast, I think it's about uh, three years ago, I guess now March or March or so of uh, 2016, March or April. He put that out and it became one of his top podcasts of all time, just because I just, uh, I guess there's a lot of people in this business that um, uh, don't say it like it is. Uh, or don't say the truth, you know, they sugarcoat it or make it look better than what it is or easier than what it is. Um, and you see it in all the courses out there with all the guys with their Lamborghinis and selling you the dream that you quit and retire from your job next week. And, you know, look at my millions that I'm making. And it's all bullshit. Most for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it's, um, I mean, there are people that make good money in this. Don't get me wrong. There are people that have punched a winning lottery ticket. Uh, there's no question about it. people that got in 2013, 14, they just put a label on a, a pack of erasers uh, you know, and that they found in China and they retired a, a few years later with a couple of million in the bank. It, it, it's happened. Um, but that's not, that's not normal, you know, and they show all these screenshots. I look at my student in the first month, he did a hundred thousand dollars. Here's a screenshot. But what they don't tell you is, yeah, he might've done a hundred thousand dollars in sales, but he's actually negative 25,000 in his bank account because that hundred thousand in sales is how Amazon reports his full price sales. But he had to give all those away at 99% off, um, and pay the, Amazon fees and everything else. So he's actually negative. He hasn't made a dime. Um, so, uh, but look at me, here's my rented Lam Lamborghini. Um, yeah, so it, it's uh, um, <clears throat> this Airbnb that I'm staying at. Um, so it, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of that out there. So you have to be careful. So as the, after the podcast, um, I started getting approached about private tutoring and mentoring. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. I don't have the time for that. Um, but that, that podcast led into other podcasts and then it led into speaking engagements. Um, and so then Manny and, uh, Guillermo that own helium 10 software, they said, Hey, we, we're going to launch this uh, program called the Illuminati mastermind. It's going to be like, a, you know, there's all these courses for new people, how to sell on Amazon, but there's nothing really out there for people that are already selling, you know, how can we go to the next level? There's some $10,000 masterminds in, in, uh, Hawaii or, or, or Mexico or whatever, but there's nothing really that's good training. So we started that. It was a month. It's a started, a little over two years ago, uh, monthly programs, like 400 bucks a month. So I lead, I'm the lead mentor in that. And we bring on guests and it's like three to four hours every single month where we talk about different things for more advanced level sellers. And that just got rebranded uh, just uh, last month to be called Helium 10 Elite. So they made it, uh, made it a better deal. They actually include the software and stuff at same price, but they include all their software and some extra things. And it got rebranded as a, a, an option, uh, on there. I don't have anything to do with Helium 10. I'm not part of that. Uh, they're just friends of mine. But as through that, uh, about two year, uh, about a year and a half ago, um, you know, I, there was so much misinformation. I got so frustrated with all these, these Lamborghini uh, guys on YouTube and Facebook and everything. I was like, you know, someone just needs to do a course and, and say it more like it is. Uh, and most of these courses are very simple. You know, you, you, you pay $4,000 for a course sometimes. I mean, there, there are some good ones. There are, there are a handful of good ones. I'm not knocking them all. There, there are some good ones, but the vast majority of them, you pay a bunch of money and you get in there and it's like three hours of video, um, or five hours of video. And it's, 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 it's bad. And they don't really tell you anything. They're all the same formula. Pick something that's under, uh, this much weight or fits in a shoebox or is between this price and this price or this BSR and that BSR. And it, it, 
everybody ends up picking the same stuff. You know, everybody thinks there's a magic formula and you find, you know, a baby blanket and you're like, Oh, look, I can make money on this. And by the time you get it launched, there's 500 other people that took the same course and are launching the same thing. And one or two people make money and everybody else says this Amazon thing is saturated and doesn't work. Uh, and they, they, they end up losing money. You know, it's 90% of the people that probably try to sell on Amazon fail, uh, fail permanently, not just fail the first time, but fail permanently because they don't do it right. So I was like, let me show people how to think on their own. Um, I don't have the magic formula, um, but here's what you need to know. Here's the basics. Here's basic marketing. Here's basic uh, business. And, uh, hopefully, uh, there's quite a few people that have come through that. You know, that's not what everybody wants. A lot of people want the magic, you know, how can I get rich quick? Uh, and they're going to gravitate to that other stuff. But the people that want to know that this is a real business, it's hard work. Yes. It has a great, a great upside. If you do it right. Uh, that's what, that's what I teach. So I do that. I still sell my products. I help my wife on her account. Uh, I have, I, last year I spoke at 26 different, uh, or no, I was at 26 different events for Amazon sellers, spoke at about half of those. So I do a lot of speaking gigs. Uh, now and so uh, last year I did a lot of those for free uh, it was just kind of a publicity thing and plus it I meet a lot of other sellers so one of the advantages of that like I'm, I'm going leaving Thursday I go to Vancouver to speak at an event then I'll be at Prosper then I'm going to Prague at the end of this month to speak at another event some of the advantages of that is is not so much what I learn and in, in the the trainings there most of those I really don't learn anything uh, in the actual trainings uh, but it's the people you know, you're sitting there having lunch or going to dinner with some of these other successful people. That's for me, that's when the real information comes out, especially if I'm buying them some drinks. Um, <laughs> so, it, 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 so that's, that's why I do some of that. And that helps, helps me in my business. It helps me with uh, my students. Um, but this year now it's gotten to the point where I have to cut back on it. So um, uh, I'm actually charging. I'm probably one of the only speakers out there that actually, uh, is getting paid uh, a, a speaking fee uh, to come to, to events. Um, so, um, so that's, I've been able to leverage that uh, in, in that way. So I can be a little bit more picky and, and, and choosy. So that's basically, that's basically the whole thing in a nutshell. So I still sell on Amazon and uh, I do a lot mm -hmm. of training and it, it keeps me uh, very busy. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Amy and I kind of started this, uh, you know, the, this, uh, podcast <laughs> hybrid, um, kind of for that same reason as we felt that there was like a lot of misinformation out there. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, charging a huge amount of money for, you know, training and things that, um, you know, were either, um, you know, copies of other trainings that were already, uh, you know, spreading the wrong information. Um, and also just, you know, kind of, I guess the, the saddest thing that Amy and I see are these people, and I know you see them too, Kevin, come to you that have, you know, like you said, the baby blanket or the baby bibs or, you know, the, the, the thousand other products that, you know, the 90% uh, are all sourcing from that same, you know, thousand product pool from those same criteria. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's sad because a lot of these people are, you know, putting their life savings into, into Amazon and trusting, you know, a lot of that stuff. So, and the opportunity here is it's good. I mean, and you can, it, you, but you got to treat it like any other business. And if you do it right and you come into it right, I think it still has the best opportunity of almost anything that's out there. I mean, it, over buying, you know, take the same money that you're going to buy a franchise, you know, a subway franchise or something like that else or, or whatever. I think you're much better off putting it into an Amazon business, but you got to come into it with the right. There is a skill set at this. It's not easy. Uh, I don't think it's oversaturated. Some product, are oversaturated some like the anything that amazing.com puts out that says here's 100 product opportunities run as fast as you can away from every one of those <laughs> uh you know i think viral launch just released something a couple days ago uh or maybe it was last friday um like they analyzed their data and said here's uh i forget how many what 200 products or whatever it was that you should never you should never sell because they see it day in day out people coming to them all the time with this the same stuff um so that but there's tremendous opportunity. Amazon's only continuing to grow. Uh, you know, it's doubled in the United States in the last two years. And so I, I don't go after the big, uh, sexy, pro sexy high selling products. That's where the, all the Chinese hackers are. That's where all the crazy stuff, you're, it's a race to the bottom. I'm very happy having something in that five to 10, 15,000 BSR range that's selling 10, 15 units a day, uh, profitably without out headaches. So, uh, if you, if you, if you, go into it with that point in mind, not trying to get the most, the biggest keywords or the best seller and the biggest keyword stuff that go in that middle range. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity with not a lot of problems. 
Yeah, that's that's funny that you mentioned that because that's always my thing. I'm like, if you're the guy, you know, sourcing the uh, toilet plunger, you're probably doing well because you know those are that's not a sexy product. It's not something that you want to be sitting around at a party talking about. That's always I always tell people like if you're if you're embarrassed or uh, you know to mention it at a party, it, it's probably a good product because um, you know I, I remember I, uh, a couple of years ago I had uh, some guy come doing for some consulting and he was doing a um, hundred thousand um, dollars. I think it was a day. Um, it was some insane amount. I mean, in, an insane amount of money. And he was selling uh, caster wheels, you know, like the wheels that, that spin around. Uh, three, yeah. I mean, it was, and it was, you know, it's something, it's products like that, that, you know, I tell people come up with the, the strangest thing that you can. And, and, uh, and then you're probably going to do well. If you, if you try to source, you know, the Bluetooth speaker or the, you know, you know, as we all know, the fidget spinners and the, you know, all these trending products, that's where people uh, run into trouble. Like you said, by the time you get to market, every other idiot who's using all these, sorry, I shouldn't call them idiots, but everybody else who are using, you know, these uh, sourcing softwares, um, they're great tools if you use them for ver verification. But if you're using them as your starting point, um, it's, you know, it's generally going to, you're going to end up, you know, filtering for the same product that everybody else is. Um, so I would say use, use those types of products for verification, not for, um, you know, picking products. Definitely. And I know like in, in my coaching business, I teach market research instead of product research because you can find boring and exciting products if you just study the market and look for the holes and fill those holes with products. So it's just, it's tough trying to use any kind of product software. Like Andy and I are always like, just stay away from it. Don't do it. You know, it's, and it's not, it's not rocket science, but like you said, Kevin, it's, it's business. It requires work. It requires research. It requires you to do your due diligence because you're about to stick your hard earned money into this. And so you want to make sure that you, you're not just flipping a coin and Hey, maybe it'll be good. Maybe it won't. You know, uh, you, you want to give yourself the best possible chance of uh, a return on your investment. Yeah, so I mean, it's like a, it's like an avatar. I mean, some people they always say, "Should I build a brand?" Uh, and I I disagree with some of the people like Ryan Moran and some of the other people that say you should build a brand on Amazon. I don't think you should build a brand on Amazon. I think you should use Amazon to perhaps launch a brand or test out a brand and then build it later on if that makes sense for you. Build it off of Amazon, but to go into it in the beginning, that I want brand building is not putting a logo on something. Um, that's not brand building. Um, Brand building is a whole different animal, uh, and, and Amazon's a great place to start uh, to get your feet wet on e-commerce, to get your feet wet on proving out a concept or products. Uh, but I recommend people instead of building a brand, they they pick an avatar. Instead, of, I mean, the one way you can sell on Amazon is you can just pick random stuff all over the place, and some people make money doing that. But I, I would more pick an avatar. You know, if you're going to pick uh, someone that's that way, you're selling in multiple categories. You don't have to say I'm just going to sell in beauty. Uh, you could say I'm going to sell in beauty, sports and outdoors, clothing and, and whatever by saying I'm going to target people who, who run. I see someone here uh, is, is actually looks like they're walking or running right now. On, they have their video on. Uh, <laughs> and so um, I, I would pick someone like that and say, what does that person need? They need something to protect their heels, you know, some sort of little blister pads or whatever. So I can sell in, in health and household and health or they need something to hold their iPhone on their, their arm. So that's an electronics. They need uh, some sort of a t-shirt uh, that's wicker, that's sweat wicking and has a little pocket or for their keys or whatever it may be. So you, you pick more of an avatar and try to sell for that. And then maybe if that works and you, you can use Amazon as a proving ground and weed out the products and your ideas that don't work so good. And, and over a year or two years, you're going to have a nice collection of products that then you could decide if it makes sense. Like, okay, let's start building a website. I mean, you should have a website all the time before that, just a basic website just for legitimacy, but to put a lot of effort into that and building that out and trying to get Shopify, you know, that's a whole different business model. If you want to do that and go through click funnels and do all that's a whole different thing. Go focus on that. Don't, don't worry about Amazon. But if you're going to, I think Amazon is still the best opportunity because they already have all the eyeballs coming in. They have the traffic, the system, it's replicable. So if you master it in the U.S., if you have the funds, you can go to Canada, you can go to uh, Europe, you can go where there's 12 different marketplaces. And I think Turkey's about to open up uh, a little bit more in Brazil. So it, it's, it's, it's easy to, to, easier to expand out and just replicate the process once you master it. 
Uh, and then plus you're, you're using Amazon. I use it in my calendar business for leads. I mean, I used to sell, uh, it's just an example. Um, you know, I have this, I've had this calendar business since the nineties. And like I said, I have about 10,000 people on an email list. Uh, I mean, a, a, a direct to consumer list. And these are people that are buying calendars to hang in the garage, or hang in the wall, but the average order is about a hundred bucks. It's not just, I want to buy a $20 calendar. Uh, so I manufacture some of myself, like I said, in Korea. And then the other ones, I'm a wholesaler of. I go out and it's a niche, it's a specific niche. So I've got about 140 different calendars that focus on this specific niche. And so 10 of them I make roughly, and the other 130 or so every year, I import them from Europe or I import them from Australia or other suppliers in the US. I'm just a reseller. Um, but my money is made on my private label ones. That's where the money's made. It's not made on the wholesale ones, but the wholesale ones get the average order up. Sometimes it's a lead magnet. But I used to sell on Amazon as a third part, uh, as a, like I said, an advantage program, which is like vendor and you don't get access to the data. You don't get access to the customers. Um, it's, you know, they're issuing purchase orders. You're sending it in, they're paying you. But, but as a third party Amazon seller, as of right now, unless Amazon shuts this down, you can actually download your customer data. They won't give you the phone numbers or the email addresses, but you can get their, their name and address, their, their physical mailing address. And so I take that people that buy a calendar uh, on my, you know, off of Amazon last year uh, in 2017, I think it was about 8,000 people did, uh, you know, that bought on Amazon. Now, some of those people are never going to buy direct from me. They, they just like going to Amazon. They like, you know, the, the credit cards on file. They're just, I'm never going to convert them. But I took my, those 8,000, I sent them, download that data and sent them this last year in uh, late October, a mail piece. Uh, and out of that, you know, probably a thousand of them actually ended up buying directly from me. Uh, which raised my margins and raised my orders. And, and I don't know how many other of the rest said, I'm not going to send in a check or money or it's too much work, or I don't know this guy. He's charging nine ninety five for shipping for a calendar. He's crazy. I didn't go to Amazon, order prime in two days. I do. I charge nine ninety five shipping for a calendar and you know, people pay it. I charge $4 for insurance. You know, it's a little form on the order form. It says, uh, you know, do you want insurance in case it gets lost? Uh, it's, it's $4 filled in there. And most people don't even scratch it out. They just add the $4 and it's free money. I get one, one or two orders a year that something happens to, and it's free money. So, but anyway, um, so I email these. So I don't know how many of those other 8,000 end up going to Amazon and buying the product just direct because they got the thing in the mail. So that's how you can help. You can use this uh, as a lead magnet to help you build a brand or help you go out there and, and focus on that later on. Don't, don't worry about that too much in the beginning. Yeah, that's a great uh, point, Kevin. A lot of people, I think, don't utilize the, uh, you know, because we're in a, a technology focused world, especially um, on the e-commerce side, you know, everybody's thinking online. Uh, but like you said, you know, people like my father who are, you know, can barely turn on their iPad are still, um, you know, are still uh, opening their mail. And, uh, and, and you made a good point that, uh, you know, kind of a good technique is to go through your orders. Uh, like Kevin said, you can download your orders. And, and, you know, just take your Excel spreadsheet or whatever you're using, you know, some, some people have, um, you know, software that actually imports that. Like if you use ShipStation like we do, you know, it imports every single order. So you can just go back and look through it that way as well. Um, but you can go and filter and find your best customers, you know, filter for the, the top 10% or whatever. Um, and like Kevin was saying, you know, there's a lot of um, postcard printing services, which I'm getting much more familiar with as well. Now that my wife's, uh, uh, you know, started her real estate business. Um, you know, there's a lot more of that kind of stuff going on uh, in the real estate uh, market. It's a lot of uh, direct mail and things like that. You could, um, I mean, on a postcard, you could oftentimes mail that lit cheaper than you can get a click on Facebook. And yeah, absolutely. It's more effective. It's it's not, not as much stuff in the mailbox anymore. It might not be as timely. You know, someone sees a, a something on Facebook, they see it that day or maybe the next day uh, if you're running an ad or something. And then, But then it disappears for the most part. So the lifespan of a post is it's pretty small um, versus something in the mail. They may not see it for a week, uh, but once they see it, it's probably going to, sometimes they're going to throw it straight to the trash. It's the same as email going to spam or whatever, but a lot of times they're going to sit on their counter or on their desk or whatever, and they're going to come back to it. You can actually get extra, better mileage a lot of times out of, out of that. And like you said, there are services that will automate that whole process for you. I mean, I do another thing with uh, my calendars is, you know, calendars are like selling milk. Uh, they, they go bad, you know, so after, Christmas, basically, you see them in the malls half price because so no one's going to buy a 2019 calendar right now. I mean, it's it's March. Yeah, there's still nine months left, but people are like, eh, why am I? You know, that's old. I, I want it before the year starts. 
So I, if I over, sometimes I over order or I'm trying to guess on my inventory and I, I've got excess stock sometimes. Uh, so what I do is on every single calendar that goes out that I manufacture, I put a little card in there. That it's a, a free plus shipping offer. It says, congratulations, you've won a free calendar. Just pay $6 shipping. And go to my website, fill, you know, enter this code, or uh, send this in through the mail with a check or money order, or $6 cash. You know, I even take cash. Just make it super simple. Um, and a lot of people do it. And what I do is that that's, lead, that's a lead magnet for additional people to buy. So I'm in catalogs, I'm, and someone gave it as a gift. So someone will say, yeah, heck yeah, I'll send that in. And I give them a random calendar. They don't get to pick the calendar. It's totally random for my excess stock. It, it covers my cost, the $6. Uh, and it, it generates a lead uh, basically for free that I then can upsell additional stuff to. So you just got to be smart about it. And you can do the same thing with your Amazon products. You know, people are always saying, can I put package inserts in? And absolutely. Uh, you can do, you, the only thing you can't do is put something in there that says, I'll give you something for free if you leave me a review or anything that's going to influence the review side of things. But you can do whatever the heck you want in there um, pretty much except for except for that. Um, that would Amazon would not not appreciate yeah. uh, so just saying, a lot of people just say sign up for my warranty most people don't care about the warranty uh, most people aren't going to you got to give them a more compelling reason uh, to, to go to your website or to get on your chat bot or to, to do whatever and if you do that um, you, you can you can turn a lot of those people into raving fans uh, that will love the night and another thing I do I mean I, one of my products is uh, dog treats for example I sell them on Amazon um, it's a good, it's a good product. And so what, in, in every single package of those dog treats, it says, congratulations, you know, um, you've, uh, you've bought the best treats, whatever. If you, if you like a, a free sample of some of our other treats, uh, go to this website or send in this form. Most people from Amazon don't send in the form. They, they go to the website, they go to the website and, and it's a free plus shipping offer, you know, for six bucks or whatever, six ninety five. I'll send them a little, a little, sample of some of my other treats it covers the cost but then they, they get it and then they get a coupon in there for like 20% off if they buy it on Amazon um, and so that helps that helps that whole cycle but also on that form I say what, what's your dog's name and your dog's birthday and so they, they most people will fill that in and then I I have that all in a database and about a week before the dog's birthday uh, guess who gets a birthday card in the mail uh, the dog it's a birthday card from my company in the mail. You know, um, I've, I've tested it with both postcards and actual actual cards that are handwritten. Uh, I've done handwritten where it's someone writing it, and sometimes it's a machine. And you'd be amazed at how, what that does. Someone, their dog is getting a, a, a birthday card, and inside that birthday card, um, you know, there might be a coupon for five dollars off the next order on Amazon. Uh, or something like that. That kind of stuff builds raving fans, and it's it's a real business. It's not let me throw something up on Amazon, and uh, sit back and uh, sit back on the beach and uh, sip margaritas. It's it's a real business, and it builds raving fans, and it builds. That's how you build branding. And so then when I want to take that off of Amazon, and actually create a brand and go into stores or go into whatever it may be, my own huge full blown website, I'm already in a, a great position to do that. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, one thing that I, that I really like uh, that you mentioned that that we do as well. Um, you know, it can be cost prohibitive if it's, if it's a larger items, but you know, if you've if you've got a warehouse or a garage full of products that are just sitting there, you know, you always see those posts in every single group. Um, like Kevin is saying, a really great way to try to get rid of those is to um, you know set up even like a quick like you know click funnel site, and you say, hey, uh, you know, go to this click funnel site and you know select three products, you know, whatever your overstock stuff is and pay for shipping, you know, and, and like you said, you may not, you know, you might break even on that, but you've just built your, your customer list. Um, and they're also super stoked because they're getting, you know, value wise, they feel like they're getting, you know, uh, extra value of getting stuff for free. So, um, that's a, that's a really great point and, and a great technique as well, Kevin. Another thing I used to really, it still pisses me off is when people say that if I'm sending traffic from a Facebook page, I need to put a landing page in the middle, uh, because I don't want to hurt my conversion rate on Amazon. Um, or I need to capture that email address because I'm, I'm sending, I'm doing something at 99% off because I'm building my brand or I'm building my list of customers. No, you're not. Uh, you're, all you're doing is getting a bunch of people that want free stuff. And most of those people are never going to buy from you. If you look at, if you've done launches with viral launch or any of the other services where you've done 99% off, 99.9% .9 of those people were never going to buy your product or anything else you ever sell unless it's 99 point, it's 99% off again. So those people are great for, 
maybe doing a launch if that's what you want to, but you need to bucket those people out when, if you're exporting the customers, uh, you know, and creating Facebook custom audiences uh, from your Amazon customers, you need to segment your customers. Like, just like he said, like uh, Andy said, your, your people that have bought uh, more than, you know, two or three times or whatever your number is, uh, your repeat customers, they go into one custom audience. People bought once go into another custom audience and the people that bought at more than a, say a 30 or 40% discount, uh, they go into the cheapskates audience, the promo VIP audience, and you need to create different custom lookalike audiences, market to them differently. They're different people um, and different with different goals. And so you have to understand all that kind of stuff if you're going to be successful at this. Yeah. So Kevin, what, uh, I, I know you kind of, you kind of touched it on a little bit, but uh, do you have like a specific uh, product selection and development process? Um, and if so, do you, are you willing to share that or kind of how do you approach um, new product ideas or, um, you know, maybe um, iterations, uh, things like that? Um, yeah, I have a whole, I mean, that would take a long time to go through <laughs> the entire process. I mean, the number one thing I look for is keyword demand on it. If I'm, if I'm selling on Amazon, it's keyword demand on Amazon. That's that's more important to me than than how much is something selling. You can get misled by using some of the tools out there, like Jungle Scouts, any of them really, because you go and punch in something on there, and you don't know if that person's doing a promotion for the last. I mean, you could. There's ways to figure this out, but just cursory, you don't know if that person is doing a promotion for the last month. You don't know if they just they've been featured on Oprah, and they just had a huge uh, boost in sales. You don't, uh, you know, Oprah's not on anymore, is she? But whatever, one of those things. Um, but you Ellen. don't know. Ellen, there you go, Ellen. <laughs> um, they were on the Today Show or something. You don't know, or maybe maybe they're one of these people that's driving sales from their own website. You know, they're just using Amazon for fulfillment, and they're driving a lot of sales to their own website from outside of Amazon or from. They just happen to be old school and they rank well in Google. Um, you know, they've been around for a while. And so the traffic is not really on Amazon. So you have to take a look at that. And so I wanted, I don't like to, when I'm selling on Amazon, I don't want to create something totally new. I want to find, I want to modify it and make it mine and customize it and differentiate it. Absolutely. Um, and and I'll, I'll do that. But I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to reinvent the wheel because the traffic's already there. So I want to find the audiences where there's already a decent audience. And that, that doesn't mean it has a hundred thousand searches a month. There's great audiences that have a thousand searches or 1500 searches a month. Um, sometimes those keywords that have 1500 searches a month have 50, 60% buy rates. You know, out of 1500 searches, there's 800 people are actually buying the freaking product or something on that page versus some of these that have a hundred thousand searches, only 2000 people are actually buying off of that keyword. So the problem a lot of people have is they go after all these big keywords and it takes a lot to launch and to, to rank, get to page one. It's super competitive. They're lowering the price, trying to stay on page one. They're freaking out about everything uh, when a new guy comes in and they're just spinning their wheels. They're just like, why are you doing this? I mean, a perfect example of this is, uh, I think I told this story, uh, Andy, and uh, when you, you met me a couple of years ago, and amazing, but and one of my dog treats are, are bully sticks. And bully sticks are, are a treat for dogs um, they're actually the penis of a cow. I mean, that's what they are. Um, but they're, they're super popular uh, on, uh, on Amazon and dogs, dogs love them. There's a six inch one and a 12 inch one. Um, so you go look on Amazon, you type in the word bully sticks, you'll see right now, I don't know, 10,000 results or whatever, some crazy number. Um, and most people are selling those, those bully sticks in plastic bags. So it's a plastic like Ziploc type of bag with like 30 sticks in there. And they're like, most of them are the like size of straws or something. Um, well, I, I looked at that market and I said, look, there's huge demand on Amazon for bully sticks. So I started reading the reviews. That's the next thing I do is I, I read the reviews. Now that I did this three years ago, I had to do this manually. Now there's tools like Helium 10's X-Ray, uh, Helium 10's review downloader, their Chrome extension will download all this stuff for you and do a lot of this work for you. But I'll read all the reviews, look at what people are complaining about, look at what what they like. And so in reading these, I saw that people were like, look, we don't trust this meat. You know, we, we want U.S. meat. I don't know if this meat came from China or Brazil or whatever. My dog... I got to give them the best. I don't want them getting sick. And then people are complaining that these things would stain their carpets or their couch or when the dog chewed them, I mean, they stank. I mean, you know what part of the cow they came from? They, they smell. Um, and so I was like, how can I fix this problem? So I started calling around to different bully stick manufacturers and someone recommended this guy up in uh, New England to me and said, hey, this guy is like a classically trained French chef and he owns this pet little boutique pet supply manufacturing company and he makes these bully sticks that, are, that don't stink. They're purely organic. You know, there's no chemicals. There's no nothing. He does cuts them by hand, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I, I 
reached out to him and he said, yeah, but my stuff is expensive. And so everybody's always thinking on Amazon, you got to have, it's all about price. It absolutely isn't. It is on commodities. It's about price. You know, if you're selling spatulas or if you're selling toilet paper a lot of times, but uh, you can differentiate on Amazon. So I came out and I, I talked to him and got samples. And so I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. You know, people that love their, you have to think, you have to know your customer and you have to know your avatar. And there's a lot of people that, that their dog is just like their kid. I'm not a parent, but I know many of you are, and you, it's like their kid. They want to give them the best and they don't care what the price is. They want to have the best. So I created these bully sticks. And so what I did instead of putting them in a plastic bag is I put them in a, a cigar box. I had cigar boxes custom made up in uh, Brooklyn. So I found a factory close to New England. So it wouldn't be too much shipping that would, uh, that would make these cigar boxes for me. I had this really cool label that, that had like, you know, had a little texture on it. It felt like kind of classic and stuff and like weathered a little bit, put it on there, sent them up to this guy. He fixed all my problems. So I was able to market these and say, these are made by a classically uh, trained French chef with a 15 step process, no organic chemicals cut by hand, not by a machine, all American uh, cows, you know, American born and raised cows. Uh, these don't stink. Uh, they don't uh, stain your carpet uh, and your dog's gonna, dog's going to love them. Well, in my box was three bully sticks and they're bigger, they're thicker and bigger. Cause this guy was getting, you know, well endowed cows or whatever. <laughs> and so they, they're, they're thicker and bigger. And so, um, I put three of them, uh, uh, the, the 12 inch was three in a, a package and the, uh, six inch was five in a, in a box, put those up on Amazon. Now everybody else is selling their bully sticks, like 30 of these sticks, you know, that some of them made in Brazil, some of them are U S for like. 29 bucks, 25 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever, 30 sticks, like a buck a stick. And they're all competing, trying to get on page one, all competing on price and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I came in with my three, three 12 inch sticks at $54 and 95 cents. Instead of 30 for 30 bucks, you're getting three uh, for 54.95. And a lot of people told me I'm crazy. You know, you're never going to sell that. Um, I didn't go after the word bully sticks. The word bully sticks is the prime word. That's the big word. That's what everybody's going after. That's where all these people are competing. I went after long tail keywords like uh, uh, odorless bully sticks or bully sticks made in the USA and uh, much of other ones that was much easier to rank for. I was able to get onto page one, sometimes page two, but page one for most of those without a tremendous amount of giveaways. People would come there and they would see some of these other guys for 30 bucks and they'd see mine. And they're like, what the heck? Why the heck are these so much more? But my imagery, I spent money on the pictures. I took really good pictures. I created really good infographics. I made cartoons showing uh, before and after. Like I had a cartoon made. It cost me $50 off of Upwork to make this cartoon. It's like a before. Here's a bunch of dogs in a, in a car, a beat-up old car driving through a, like a McDonald's drive through And they're ordering these fast food bully sticks. And then I showed a comparison like, uh, I said, why treat your dog this way when you can treat them this way? Take them to the best steakhouse in town. So I had another cartoon with like six dogs around a table with bow ties on, a little waiter serving them my bully sticks on a platter uh, and then sign, you know, steakhouse or whatever. And so I positioned in the customer's mind. So when they're looking, because people on Amazon, they eat, people eat with their eyes first. So, so many people don't put the effort into their images. They, they, they focus on their bullet points and their back end. They worry about too many things and they just half-ass their images. And that's a huge mistake. Images, I think, are one of the top three things you need to spend the most money on on Amazon. Uh, you can really differentiate with images. Uh, you can tell the story with images if you do it right. And so that's what I did and all these, and I compared everything. So did I, was I selling 50 or 100 units a day like these other guys that are on page one of Bully Sticks? Absolutely not. Uh, I'm selling 15, 10 or 15. I have a BSR 7, 8,000, something like that. Um, but who do you think is making more money? I mean, I'm making on my 15, you know, I'm making 20 bucks, you know, margin of like $20 a pop on them. I do cost a little bit more, but like $20 a pop. So I'm making 300 bucks. The guy that's selling uh, 30 sticks for 30 bucks, he's got to run a bunch of PPC. He's competing on razor thin margins of two, three dollars. Uh, it's a constant fight. He may be making the same 300 bucks or maybe, maybe making 15, 20 bucks more, but he's got spent a lot more on inventory, a lot more hassles worrying about people coming in on his listing and all this other crazy stuff. I don't have any of those problems and I make a lot more money uh, and I have a totally unique product that nobody's going to knock off. So that's how you have to think of things as on, on product selection is not just be a me too. You have to differentiate and you have to find another angle and you have to know your customer, your avatar. Thank you, Kevin. That's great. Uh, you, you, you not only, uh, 
gave great information there, but you gave me some great uh, titles that I'm going to be able to name this uh, this episode <laughs> of Seller Roundtable. It's, it's going to be fun to name this this episode. But I also like the fact that you're kind of backing up what I've been saying for months now, and uh, you know that's uh, that's a uh, the way that I I uh, you know source my products as well. Kind of you know extremely similar. Um, the other thing I, I really like to look at uh, data wise uh, first is keywords, exactly like you do. Um, so many people. Um, you know, like we said earlier, use, you know, all these other, all these sourcing tools and it, they, they're literally getting the same exact results as every other person. So that's why they keep running into these, you know, these issues over and over again. And I, I actually really hate, like, I wish all these tools would take out, like they give you, you know, like that score. And I actually hate that score because so many people rely on that as, as, as the word, you know, like, Oh, it's got a, if it's got an, a score of eight on jungle scout or whatever tool it is, it's yeah, yeah. definitely going to sell well. And, and you know, that's, I ignore, I ignore those. I mean, yeah, yeah. The guys I mean, at Helium 10 are my buddies and they have something called the Cerebro IQ score. It, ignore it. Yeah, uh, I yeah mean, exactly. I want to ignore it. I ignore it all. The other one is relevance scores. I mean, there's a tool seller tools right now. It's doing a lot of marketing around uh, something called relevance scores. It's bullshit. It mean, it's meaningless. Um, I mean, you, you look at some of those scores, um, you can't really base decisions. On, uh, let me rephrase that. It's not meaningless, but it's, it, you can't base solid decisions on it because sometimes you'll have a, you know, you, you're selling a, an ice pick uh, to scrape ice off your car in the winter and it'll say um, a, a, something, uh, a keyword like a, a dog leash is a 99% relevant to the ice pick. Uh, you can't trust that stuff. It, it, it's, you, you got to be careful. I mean, um, I know a lot of people, a lot of data scientists. I know a lot of people in this business that there's a lot of, uh, marketing hype out there, including in, amongst a lot of the tools, um, uh, software tools that it's just, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. Yep. Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, that, that's why it's, it's funny because, you know, people will come to me and say like, you know, why are, you know, why should we use you over, you know, helium 10 or, you know, all these other tools. And I always tell them, I say, you know what? everybody does things differently. I never ever bash any other tool because I, you know, in the past I might've used a tool. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm friends with a lot of the, the people who run the tools, you know, like Manny and things like that. I call my, my frenemies is, is always my term for that. Um, you know, but my whole thing is I tell everybody, you, you know, try everything and use what works for you. Um, and mm -hmm. there, there's, there's so many sellers out there. I know that people are going to find, um, our tools more useful than, you know, tool X or vice versa. Um, but use what, you know, use what works for your business. But that being said, never, ever trust it as the end word as part of your business, as a business person, check and verify, you know, everything you should be doing due diligence and checking multiple data points um, and really not relying a hundred percent on, you know, everything that's being uh, given to you. And I think, I think Andy, that it comes down to a lot. Also knowing your avatar uh, as Kevin mentioned, because you know, had Kevin not known his customer, those bully sticks in a nice cigar box and everything might not have worked. And what I often see is some of these programs that teach you, oh, just launch a really high-end version of this. You know, it worked for Kevin with bully sticks, right? I've actually heard that story before. And, and um, it's, it's all about knowing your customer. So you can launch a prettier version of something that nobody cares if it's prettier and you still don't make any sales because you, you don't understand the customer or the market. And I've had, and not just prettier, but sometimes it matters. Like I helped somebody with a, um, with a candle, a scented candle, and they launched it completely on Amazon and didn't do the market research, just made a really nice looking brand. Right. And, uh, launching on Amazon, we couldn't, we could not sell this thing. I mean, I optimized the listing. We redid the photos. We made it look amazing. We showed it in use, everything. It, nothing mattered. And this thing was not going to sell, right? So we did the market. I went back and did the market research because I don't normally do market research for my clients. I expect them to know their customer before they come to me for help with things like listing optimization. And, um, and so I go back and I do the market research because I can't figure it out. I'm like, man, I've done every trick I know to get this thing selling. I go back and I look and every single scented candle being used for this purpose was and selling well was one that you could walk into a store and physically smell first. So in this particular part of the candle market, people were only going to buy a candle that they could go into a store and smell first. They were, they were not going to trust 
the scent that we were just putting on Amazon. So that was, you know, that's another thing about just understanding your market, understanding the buying habits of the customer that's in that marketplace, because it's not always going to work to put a pretty bow on it or to make your brand look really professional and your images look really good and put a really high price tag on it. If you don't understand the customer habit in the first place. I mean, you mean, must- Oh, go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. Yeah, I mean that that that's that's a good that's a good point. I mean, all my bully sticks, um, you know, those were selling, and the biggest uh, company out there in the bully stick market, big company out of Virginia, they they saw me and they they're like, "There's just no way this guy is selling these bully sticks, three bully sticks for fifty fifty five dollars. That's just no way." I mean, they keep seeing me ranking. They're like, "Reverse engineer me? No, he's not doing all these launches or crazy stuff." He's so they reached out to me and said, "Hey, we want to do business with you." And we have a whole line of stuff. We'll do a private label uh, line of, uh, of treats for you. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. So I was at one of the pet expos in, in uh, Las Vegas. And one of the hot trends at the time was like uh, sweet potato fries for dogs, like one or two ingredient uh, treats for dogs. And so I made the mistake of using my intuition and my, and my gut instead of using the data. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to launch. We'll launch these. And so we made these things. My first seven reviews were one star. These things stunk. They didn't keep very well. Uh, I launched something else with these, this other company. Uh, like we have pig ears. We have this and you know all these things. I launched a few things with them. Didn't do nearly as well. So I went back to what, I, what was working and what the data said and the differentiation because there's no differentiation in the pig ears. I couldn't figure out a way. Uh, you know, I, those didn't make sense to put into a cigar box um, you know, or whatever. So you have, to, you have to be careful on that. And the other thing, like, like Amy says, is buyer intent. You can look at these keywords you got to look at what's on page one. If you just type in a keyword, you type in baby blanket, or that's my, my not the best example, but you type in a, you know, whatever the keyword is, just use baby blanket, and you up comes the first result, uh, the page of results, you know, 16, 24, whatever the number is, and you hit the little button that says, show me the, the market, and it says, you know, this $3 million or whatever in baby blankets. You got to look through that. How many of those are actually baby blankets? What are, what is someone, what's the customer when they're typing in that keyboard, what are they really looking for? Like she said on the scented candle, what are they truly looking for? You got to scroll over those. And a lot of times, I mean, there's a perfect example like wine coolers. Someone types in wine coolers, there's all kinds of stuff that shows up, desktop wine coolers, wine racks, wine, whatever on the first page. If your product is a, a, a wine rack, you're not competing against the wine coolers. You can't build that into your market and use that score, like uh, like Andy said, that that's that's just using the straight data that comes back without putting a human analytical touch to it. Our brains are a lot smarter than any of the software machines out there, or software tools. Um, even though some of them think they're AI, they're not yet. Um, so you you gotta you gotta be smart about things. Yeah, and and another thing I really wanted to uh, uh, touch on really quick, which I I just read an article about Best Buy. I wish I had the link that I could post, but I can't remember where I I read it. But, um, you know, retail's having a really hard time right now. You you keep hearing about, like, you know, brick and mortar stuff closing and things like that. Um, And the article about Best Buy was how Best Buy survived because they – you know, one of the main things they did was price matching, which, you know, doesn't really apply too much on Amazon. The other thing they did, though – is that they realized what they doubled down on was stuff that people don't buy online. Things like a mobile phone, you know, it's very rare that people, uh, unless you're like me and, and, you know, and, and like read like, you know, 80 CNET articles online and then go buy, you know, buy it. But even so the last mobile phone I bought, I went into Best Buy to buy it because people want to hold it, touch it, play with it, you know, things like that. So once again, that should be in part of your checklist when you're going to source something on Amazon. You know, you're probably not going to want to go and try and source uh, tires to sell on Amazon. <laughs> you know, like it, 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 it's logistically, it would be a nightmare. So, you know, that's the other part of, you know, knowing what's, what's going to sell well on Amazon and what's not, you know, use some common sense in that sense as well. Retail is not dead. It, it's not going away. I mean, you hear these, some of these course guys say, look at all the Radio Shack closing, look at all this stuff. But Best Buy is a perfect example. They change. Most Sears and all these other guys going out of business, they're old dinosaurs. They didn't change with the times. Uh, and they, they didn't, they didn't, things are shifting, but retail is not dead. Amazon's going into retail. Why do they buy Whole Foods? Why are they opening bookstores? Why are they opening ghost stores? They're about to open a whole bunch of, like a thousand more stores. Retail is not dead. It's just changing. Uh, and so you, like, like he said, you know, you got to find the right, like, like Andy said, find the products that make sense that people want to buy online and, and go, go after those or, or more unique, hard to find stuff that they can't find locally. Uh, and, and that's where the biggest, biggest opportunities are. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, Kevin, what's your, uh, do you have any, uh, you know, what's, what's your latest ninja trick or <laughs> anything that you want to share that's been uh, kind of working well? I know that, uh, you know, everybody likes to, to, to chase the latest trend that, uh, you know, that, you know, what's the, what's the latest uh, secret that's working? Uh, you know, kind of like the whole, uh, I, I like to this day, I just, I chuckle every time I, I read a thing on, you know, on, in a group that says like, it's like the two-step URL is dead. I, I, I giggle about that. Um, it actually, it actually, uh, um, <laughs> it actually almost is. Um, it's getting la there. It's last getting week, there. last week, uh, as of people started noticing this on March third, so it might have happened on March first. Amazon might have rolled something out. The spring is when Amazon makes most of their changes. From about from March until, I mean, ever since I've been doing this for four years now, March to June is when a lot of things change on Amazon. They, they test stuff. You'll see weird things happening with your rankings. They they test some things and some of it they make permanent. But one of the things that they, it appears that they've done, um, it, and people started noticing this on the 3rd of March, um, is that the two-step URL, the field ASIN URL, several of those URLs are, they made some changes to them. And so no one knows for sure yet. It's only been a week. So no one knows absolutely for sure. But the hunch is among the, the bigger people in the business is that you should quit using them. Uh, because what Amazon's doing now is, is if you look at like the field ASIN URL, it used to say like, uh, I may have this exact terminology wrong, but something like keyword equals or something in the URL. Now it's K equals. Yep. And, and there's, there's some other changes that they made. But if you, if, you, if you use those URLs, they're putting a redirect on it. So if you actually t put in that URL, paste it in the browser, the two-step URL or the field ASIN ones or the hidden keywords one or some of the others I've shared in the past saying these work, Look at what happens in the browser. It actually redirects and it adds some extra stuff on the end of it. If it does that and adds some extra stuff on the end of it, Amazon knows that this is not organic. They knows that they know that this this well, you're trying to manipulate something. Um, and so the general thought process is that they're going to start like, taking that into account on ranking. And perhaps no one knows for sure, but it could be penalizing you or not counting it or who knows what. Um, so there's I can't I can't share it here because I'm under an NDA. Um, but there's a there is another URL that someone has figured out um, that doesn't do that. Um, and so uh, I, I think someone will probably share that. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't share it. Uh, someone will probably share that soon. Does that mean you should stop using those for right now? If you got a promotion going on, um, maybe not. Uh, it's better than nothing. Uh, but I think you're going to see a major shakeup about to happen with a, a lot of these URLs. I mean, the best way is search, find, buy. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, search, find, buy, for those who don't know, it's, it mimics a customer. It's where, but Amazon's even made it where in the past you can mimic search, find, buy, where you could actually, you know, some of the guys like Six Leaf and some of those guys were having URLs that was actually, they would track what page you're on. So if you were on page nine of the results, they knew it. So they'd actually redirect the link to page nine. So you'd, people could find you easily. Amazon just changed that. Everything redirects to page one now. Uh, that as of just a couple of days ago, if you try to put that in there, it just it ignores it and goes to page one. There's a lot of things happening right now yep. on that side that you need to really stay pay attention to and stay in the loop on if you're doing any kind of launches or trying to influence the system yeah. uh, using those outside URLs. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I've noticed, uh, I don't know, you've probably noticed this too, Kevin, um, in the last, like you said, um, uh, the last week, especially, but even before that, um, Amazon completely changed. Uh, you, if you look at, at the, the format of the pages, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the tools that interact with Amazon, including our own, we had to do a, a ton, like scramble to do a bunch of edits um, because of the way that they're formatting pages and things like that to be able to still pull that data. Um, one thing I've noticed a lot of lately is um, the they're, they're diverting traffic now a lot from from a page. Um, if, if there's something that is uh, cheaper or more highly rated, I'm, I don't know if you've seen this, Kevin, in the last few days, I've seen it a ton. I yeah, know they tested a, it in big, the past. Oh, go there's ahead. A, yeah. There's a big Reddit post on that a uh, uh, week or so ago, but someone, yeah, they, they said outside track or they're actually, I think they were doing PPC on Amazon. Someone clicked on their PPC to go to their product. And on, on the, I think this didn't do it on desktop, but it did on mobile on mobile. It popped up something. It said, even though you just got the, you paid for the PPC click, it said something like, uh, uh, consider this cheaper version or this other alternative version it popped it right up there. Yep. And so people were calling BS on that. And I do, I call BS on that too. Now, if Amazon's not charging for that, that click, um, 
maybe that's okay or, or not okay, but I, I think they're going to have to modify that. I think that's some programming that happened that uh, they didn't think it all the way through. Um, and so I think you'll, you'll see a change on that. But yeah, Amazon is, uh, I mean, that's one of the, they're, they're going to have some problems. I mean, it's happening in Europe right now. They're having to make changes over there. And, you know, India, Am, uh, India will not allow Amazon to sell their own private label products because they say they, they have a major, they have a competitive advantage and it's not fair to the other seller. So they had to choose, sell your own stuff or buy wholesale or let third party people on. And, and I think you're going to start seeing Europe is cracking down on some of that right now. And I think that may make its way either to the U.S. or it's just going to force Amazon just to get ahead of it and change. I think that's why they're, they're, they did the brand uh, analytics data now where they're giving you the top three. If your brand registered, you can actually have, uh, if it's rolled out into your account, you can get access to the top uh, three ASINs that are, ASINs are getting the most clicks uh, for any keyword and the ones that are getting the conversions and actually see the data on a daily or weekly basis. Um, I think that's why they're providing some of that now is to try to steer away from that, 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 that they're stealing stuff. I mean, they have 127 uh, different private label brands and ad and, and growing on Amazon. And so, I mean, that's their platform. It's their house. And we're, we're just, we're just guests, but they're going to have some antitrust stuff if, if they're not too careful. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, yeah, I know the video you're talking about. It was, uh, it was, uh, I want to say it was some kind of like a green, uh, like, like smoothie or something like that. And you'd click on it and then it would show it pop up and it showed like an Amazon uh, private label brands. Um, so yeah, I think that they're going to have some issues if, if, if they're going to do stuff like that. But, um, you know, just like Facebook, I know that Amazon has, you know, if you, I'm sure most people in here know what AB testing is, you know, Amazon's got like literally thousands of, of experiments going constantly, uh, to improve, uh, you know, revenue and click through rates and all these different tests that they're rolling out. So like your Amazon page might actually even look different than, you know, your neighbors. So it's pretty interesting how they're, they're doing all these changes and all these, uh, tests. But, um, what I always say, and, and I, a lot of people think I'm crazy is I call Amazon the, uh, is the, the MySpace of uh, e-commerce and everybody thinks I'm crazy when I say that. But, um, <clears throat> I think that there's a lot of room there for, for disruption and, uh, you know, especially I think that, uh, somebody like Facebook could easily, um, you know, uh, there was a, just an article the other day about UPS and FedEx both ro uh, rolling out their own kind of FBA type services in the U S um, you know, so I think in the next few months, uh, you know, even, even, you know, this year, there's going to be some really big shakeups in the e-commerce world, uh, when it comes to, um, you know, Amazon's dominance. Well, Amazon's one click, uh, patent, I think either just expired or it's about to expire too. the, the one click buying. So that's mm -hmm. going to change some things that, but someone else where people trust, uh, that can store the credit cards and store that information, uh, you don't have to enter it all the time. And, you know, with UPS and FedEx getting into the 3PL business, um, that is going to open it up uh, to some others. I mean, Amazon does have a major, major uh, lead in that. Um, I don't think they're going to ever. I don't think they're going to go away. But you may. I do think that Facebook uh, of, of anybody, Facebook or Insta, Facebook slash Instagram, may have the best chance at disrupting some of that. But I think that's going to be less in the commodity type of stuff and more in the very boutique type of stuff. The the very special scented candles or or the high-end dog treats or the more boutique type of things, I think they could steal a lot of business. But in the commodity stuff, I think it's going to be a, a little bit longer road. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, when you, when you take into account, you know, social proof, when you see a, a review on Amazon, so many people, even to this day, even after cracking down on Amazon, you know, a lot of people <clears throat> don't trust uh, the Amazon reviews. But, you know, if, if you're on your Facebook feed and you say, uh, you know, hey, Kevin King uh, just bought, um, you know, uh, uh, this water bottle or whatever, that's instant, uh, you know, uh, proof that, uh, you know, that that product or he just reviewed it, you know, like, you know, that's instant proof now to know that I trust Kevin King. He's my friend. So I know that, you know, that this is going to be a good product. I think that could be a huge game changer um, just in the sense of like social proof. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we're, we, we've hit our hour mark, uh, Kevin, thank you Already? so much. Um, right. yeah, wow. as you, it was, uh, it was fun. I, I know you're like me, you, you like to talk, talk shop. You could probably sit here, you know, and, and watch the clock tick by. <laughs> um, but, uh, thanks so much for being here. I know you've kind of mentioned some of the stuff that, that you've done and, and are involved in. Um, I just saw, I think, uh, uh, I know that you're doing your training and things like that. And then I, I think I saw, did, are, are you and Manny and I think it was, uh, um, somebody else, can't, or was it Niren, uh, is doing a, um, or Liren is doing a, you guys are doing a new podcast too? 
no, I, I'm not. Uh, I don't have a podcast. I mean, oh. I. I, 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 maybe, I, you're a, maybe you're a guest. I thought I saw uh, some. I, yeah, yeah, I was a guest on. Uh, well, uh, Manny is is step. Uh, Helium Ten. He's he's not as much the face anymore. Uh, Bradley Sutton is more the face now. They so they just uh, started a new podcast called uh, what's SSP Seller. Uh, 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 shoot, Seller Sessions podcast. No, what the heck's the name of it? S- yeah, they started a new uh, <laughs> a, a new podcast. Uh, I was one of the guests on that just recently. Oh, okay, maybe that's what I saw. But yeah, no, I have the freedom ticket freedomticket.com um it's a course for new people there's there's a, even if you don't want to buy my course uh or if you already bought a course or i would recommend you go do the webinar there it's the first hour of that webinar will probably even if you've been selling it's straight up hardcore like how to find keywords how to find how to use how, how to do a lot of cool stuff how to do pictures and everything you'll probably learn something off of that and then i have the helium 10 elite mastermind which is uh if you're already selling you know i do that with the, the man, uh, many coats and those guys um, you know, something, another one you might want to do is, uh, go to Kevin and Steve.com. There's nothing there right now, but uh, my, my friend, Steve Simonson, this guy brings in like hundreds and hundreds of containers a year of product, uh, multi gazillionaire. He and I are going to be announcing something really cool. Um, in May, it's not a, it's not a course. It's not a, it's not an agency. It's not a software. It's not, it's, it's nothing that anybody's ever seen in this business. Uh, but it's, it's going to be really cool. I can't tell you anything else about it. It's, it's going to be game changing for some Amazon sellers. Uh, but it, it's, you can sit here and guess all day long what you think it is and you're not going to get it. Uh, but if you go to Kevin and Steve, uh, com, uh, you can check that out. Yeah. I, I got the pleasure of being on uh, awesomers with uh, Steve. That's another great uh, podcast for people uh, who are listening. Uh, awesomers. I think it's awesomers.com. Steve's a super nice guy. It was, uh, it was fun too. I don't, I don't know if I met him in person. I think he was at that, that same uh, ASM. Yeah. I think he spoke with that one. Like yeah. I, th- I, I may have met him. I don't know. I met so many people <laughs> in those few days. It, it was a blur and not only that, but you know, you, you and Manny trying to you know, drag everybody out till 3am. <laughs> <I'm like, laughs> I, I have kids. This is, this is rough. You get, I can't hang with you guys. Um, but anyway, thanks again, Kevin. And um, yeah, so we're going to wrap this up. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us. As you know, uh, I'm going to stick around for uh, the bonus content, which you cannot get on the replay um, on the, on the podcast. Oh, and speaking of the podcast, it's uh, we finally got it up and published. Um, it'll be uh, approved on iTunes here, hopefully soon. Um, same thing with Android, but it is now live already on Stitcher and um, Spotify. So go check it out. I think it's the first two episodes are out, but you know, we got, uh, this is number 10. So the, the rest will be coming out here in the, uh, in the, over the next few weeks. Thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 PM Pacific standard time for live Q and a and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth seller, and amazing at home.com.